please make sure that your seatbelt securely fastened. At this time, I ask that all portable electronic devices be turned off. Thank you. Hello. This is our uh, the first inaugural podcast of the Vagabond Exchange, coming to you from a dining room somewhere in America. <laughs> My name is Emily. My name is William. And here we are. I don't think we... Uh, who is this uh, podcast for, exactly? What audience? Are we going to define that? I think our audience needs to define that for themselves. You think so? Like, I'm a Vagabond Exchange listener. But if someone were to say, well, what, what genre is that? does that fall into? I'd say maybe the 65 and older crowd. <laughs> right? Right? Yeah, the, if you're between the ages of 3 and 8, or 65 and older, really? you'll, you'll enjoy this podcast. Most 3-year-olds don't know... <laughs> I would assume wouldn't know what a podcast is. You'd be surprised. Really? Yeah. And most 65-year-olds really don't care. <laughs> Actually, 65-year-olds love podcasts. Do they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's, well, go, let's go out on the street and find out. Man on the street type thing. Exactly. Maybe we need to consider that for a future we'll Find some senior citizens and ask them. That's right. Yeah. But seriously... I I don't want to limit. I don't want to tell our audience who they should be. We don't want to direct this podcast to one. That's right. right. We want to be. We want to be all inclusive. So we're going to be general. Just I'm thinking in terms of like when we end up posting this thing, what category is it going to fall into? I didn't think about that. Can we just list every category, or is that like against podcast rules? Yeah, I think there's probably a general category, but. Are we general enough to be yeah. general? See, in my mind, I want us to have a podcast that, like, if it's late at night or people are, like, just traveling down the highway. That's true. They put us in, and it kind of calms them, relaxes them. So truckers, we should add them to the three to eight-year-olds, 65 and up, truckers of any age or yes. gender. We should probably include that. I agree. Not just lady truckers. No. Um... Anybody else? I'm happy with that demographic (laughs) for right now. So we'll have approximately six to eight people listening to the show. That's correct. Well, plus us, so that'll be ten. Well, I was including us in that Um, number, but, you know, if you want to be optimistic. So anyway, this is supposed to be a weekly, we hope, a weekly podcast. And uh, we're just going to talk politics, entertainment. Every now and then we'll take a little excursion. We want to talk about that. That's right. A little travel. Uh, maybe music. Current events. Did you say current events? Current events. Discuss um, certain things that may irritate us. <laughs> that will be the longest part of the show. Yes. Things that irritate us. I guess that's it. That's the introduction. I, I'm happy with that introduction. Did we did we say the name of the? Yeah, show? I did. Vagabond Exchange. Okay. We we we'll have an email. We yeah. can we can just go ahead and say that, that our email 
will be our email is vagabondexchange at gmail.com that sounds great and uh, we don't have a website as of yet but if this thing takes off then we'll get to work on that that's right all right the um, microphone can't hear me when I nod <laughs> so I need to remember to speak right all right so okay. you want to start with uh, yeah absolutely with our, our first segment of our first inaugural podcast. I guess I don't have to say first and inaugural, as those are one and the same, right? I, I believe so. Am I saying inaugural correctly? I feel like that's a nuclear uh, you versus are the, nuclear uh, type of thing. Inaugural. You're the phonetics person. That's true. I am the phonetics person. I probably should have investigated that before I started saying inaugural. Well, I'm sure you'll encounter a lot of words along the way that will mm-hmm. mm-hmm. throw you for a loop. This is true. Right. Or not. <laughs> so, so nonetheless, this yes. is our first segment of our inaugural podcast, The Vagabond Exchange. Um, do we have a name? We don't have a name for this segment. It's just, do we? It's, uh, no. In the news. Name to be determined. Yes, in the news. In the news. <laughs> so, uh, this week, we're, I guess we could say, I guess we can say where we are. Well, yeah, that's what I was thinking as I was reading reading this. Do we need to say... Uh, this is uh, something very near and dear to our hearts because that may give away our location. We we're giving people a lot of specifics. I don't want paparazzi outside your window next week is All what right. I'm saying. Well, Are we going to risk I'm it? I'm not too worried about that. Okay. So, Just get your, we, your dark sunglasses Can we say exactly ready. where we are? What location? Well, I think we can say we're in Tennessee. Well, if we're going to say Tennessee, we, we might as well say Nashville because right. I don't want people thinking that we're from like Pulaski or something. <laughs> Hey, now, let's not offend any Pulaski viewers, any potential Pulaski viewers. Pulaskians, we love you. We do love you. We may not come to visit you, but please know you're always in our thoughts and our hearts. That's right. But yes, we are in Nashville. Uh, Yes, and this week there was a new law enacted throughout the state of Tennessee, texting behind the wheel law, that says uh, if you're caught reading or sending a text, then you will be fined $50. That's correct. You could be fined $50. Yes, you could be fined $50. I guess the thing that we... we and How do you feel about that? Well, I guess I have mixed feelings about it. First of all, I, I think that we probably need to not be so specific as to say texting should be banned. People do a lot of stuff behind the wheel that prevents them from being focused on driving. Right. I think probably this law stemmed from maybe somebody's kid or somebody being uh, careless with their texting habits. Maybe we need to say any distractions like people reading the newspaper or talking on their cell phone. or Yeah, but... Not that many. How many people read the newspaper while they're driving? Have you driven down I-65 before? I have, but compared to the people that are using their cell phones. But I think in general people just need to keep the phone out of their hand while they're driving. I agree. I think they should ban making... Cell phone usage? Yeah, Unless for emergency calls. purposes. Well, see, I'm well, surprised you feel that way because you're like an avid texter. I would think that you would be kind of opposed to that, as and, and you while, prefer to be able to text anywhere and everywhere. <laughs> while driving? I don't know. Well, actually, that annoys me. Really? See, yeah, because usually when you're driving, if you're behind somebody and they're slow, they're driving really slow, 
once you get around them, they're doing usually doing something with the cell phone, usually That's talking correct. on the cell phone. And so, and I think it's very dangerous to uh, take it because you have to take your eyes off the road to right. text. Right. You don't to talk. Not but necessarily. Still. I've gotten pretty adept at texting to where I know where. It's like typing. You know, you just look at the screen. You know where all the letters are. Yeah. You don't have to look. Did you take driver's ed? I did take driver's ed. So you know 10 and 2. Yes, I do know 10 and 2. So how do you do 10 and 2 if you're You don't. Texting? That's the answer to that question. All right. But truth be told, I don't always follow the 10 and 2 rule. I don't either. Usually it's, you know, 345. See, I'm more of a 6 o'clocker. Are you? Mm-hmm. I'm a one-handed driver. Do you put both Which, hands on the wheel when you drive? Sometimes. Oh. Um, but I, I never drive at six. <laughs> I don't have my hand. At I'm the not talking of the about like wheel. the actual time. No, I'm I mean, talking about like your hand at the bottom of the steering wheel. Yeah, right? like one-handed, like this. I, I think I learned that from my father. He's a six he o'clocker. Like that? Yep. Or maybe twelve o'clock. Yeah. Just see, back. I can't see. Back. It's more of a woman thing, isn't it? To drive at six o'clock with your hand at six o'clock. Is it? It seems. I don't know. Do you constantly move the wheel back and forth when you drive at six? I do. Maybe that's why I stopped. (laughs) It's causing issue. So, yes, nonetheless, texting while uh, driving is is dangerous. I think we can all agree on that. Right. So I have no problem with that, with them enacting that that ban. I guess I I don't have a problem with it unless it's going to affect me. Because there are some times when I would like to send just a, a quick text when I'm driving. Maybe I'm sitting at a stoplight. Well, that means you have... A problem with every law. You have no problem with the laws unless it affects you, that's and correct. then you have a problem with that's, it. That's correct. That's yes. not how law laws work. I'm not sure if you're aware of that. Are you sure? I'm, I'm not I'm sure that sure. you're aware that that's how laws work. Whereas I, everything applicable to others is not applicable to me. Should I have to be inconvenienced? That's the by problem with this country as it is. Everybody thinks the law doesn't apply to them, just everyone else. No, I think it. I think it should apply to everyone else, but not you. Right. Will you continue texting? N- I don't think so. There are times at stoplights when I do text. I will admit to that. Currently, I am not like a drive and text kind of person though, because it makes me nervous. Right. But I, c- I could see myself potentially texting at stoplights. And it becomes almost a reactionary thing because if you feel your phone, if your phone beeps or you mm-hmm. feel it vibrate. You almost automatically just want to pull it out and look to see right. who it is. Right. So it's going to take me a while to get. Past so you'll that. probably just, read texts, maybe not respond, but read. Is that I, what you're saying, or do you see yourself texting? I don't want to. Re- I don't want to read either. I want to follow. Follow the law. The law. Yeah. Wow. I'll just put my phone down. To where you can't reach it. Yeah. And then just let the bu- the the constant buzz of your text notifier eat at your soul. Yeah. All right. Unless it's a long trip, then well, then well, if maybe we're out of Tennessee by then. That's true. Are we but leaving you, Tennessee? Hmm? Are we leaving Tennessee? Is that what you're trying to well, say? Well, if we take a road trip or something. Oh, right, right. That's true. And also, if you're a passenger, I mean, I think this rule applies to only drivers, right? That doesn't mean a text-free um, while car. driving. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but you said you had an issue with uh, because it exempts certain officials. Yeah, yeah. EMTs, I thought was interesting, as I. Uh, I, I would be rather concerned if I had some kind of emergency that required that I ride in an ambulance and the EMT was texting while driving. Um, I agree. 
I don't know why they would need to be texting. They have walkie-talkies and stuff. Exactly. Right? And, and like, what, I guess that's sort of, like, the definition of an emergency is that you need to get a message maybe sent right away. How is, like, taking out the time to tap that out on your Nokia 650? Right. How is that, you know, and then you got to wait for who's responding. Is this, like, the dispatcher? Is this, like, the nurse? Okay. They're responding to your text? Uh... There's blood flowing out of both ears, <laughs> and I'm not really sure what to do. Well, that's that's what I wonder. When would the situation call for you to have to send that's a text what, message? And I don't I don't feel like it ever would. I mean, we have mo- many forms of modern technology where I think text could be eliminated from our communication. It says campus police officers. <laughs> oh, that's so that's Renacost. They're not even really officials. They're just. Uh, well, there are a difference between campus police officers. For example, locally, Vanderbilt has its own police right. squad, whereas Belmont has but campus how seri- security. How seriously do you take either one of those? A Vanderbilt police I take seriously because I see those people pulling mofos over on <laughs> West End. Really? Yeah. You've never seen a Vanderbilt police officer pull I've somebody s- over? Mm. Like in, like out in the Vanderbilt area? Not just on campus. No. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So are they a part of the Metropolitan Police? I believe so. I believe they're governed by Metropolitan Police. Uh. I have a policeman uh, friend who probably could provide a confirmation of that. I would text him, but I'm afraid he's probably driving. <laughs> it doesn't sound like this is ever going to be like refuted or anything, does it? I imagine this is going to help. Oh, yeah. See, it says... Uh, Opponents argue that law enforcement may not be able to tell whether drivers are texting or dialing, and that texting is already covered under the state's distracted driving law. That's what I was talking about, distracted right. driving. Like, you know, you're very invested in unwrapping your Whopper or, or like, all, you really shouldn't be doing those things. I mean, we, I know we do a lot of stuff in the car that we right. take for granted. Yeah, I do it too. I'm not, I'm not uh, acting pious here, but... I think in general we're very we're just a very distracted society. I wonder. Well, I don't know that much about the distracted driving law because I wonder when is an officer prompted to pull you over for distracted driving? Right, right. That's true because I see a lot of parents beating their children in the car too. <laughs> right. And if they but can't, I never see them being pulled over. Really? Which maybe the police officers just like yeah that's that's appropriate. Yeah. If, they, if it says whether they can't tell whether drivers are texting or dialing, maybe they should just. Well, that's what, I guess that's what I. Cell phones all together. Right, and what would you say if you got pulled over? I was dialing a phone number. Right. Yes, you can very easily delete a get, text message. I think if you get pulled over and you tell them anything, I was doing so and so. Anything you say other than I was driving the car is distracted driving. Right, I think so too. So probably maybe that's maybe that's sort of why they have they have that as a caveat or. It's an escape clause. If you're pulled over under the pretense that you're texting, they can say, well... So they don't need this Obviously, you're just... Right, right. Yeah. That makes sense. another thing that wasted our legislators' time. But right. that's for another day. But I, I wonder if what the fine is for distracted driving. If it's as 50 bucks. I, I wonder... Because 50 bucks is... Once you add all that up, because mm-hmm. people text all the time, I'm sure, while they're driving. Yeah. I think you should research that for our next podcast. I will. You should put that on your follow-up items. Maybe we <laughs> could develop a segment called William's Homework. 
wherein I assign you things to do for the next podcast. So every week I can say I didn't do my homework? <laughs> I feel like you'd be fastidious in that, though. Uh, Don't you? you I very. think it depends on, on what it is. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> it's a topic I'm really invested in, maybe. Otherwise. All right. Yeah. We'll, we'll delete it. Forget I said it. All right. All right, we're going to have a movie segment mm-hmm. every every week, hopefully, because we enjoy going to. Or I know I enjoy going to the movies. As do I. Yes. Every week. And we often go together. That's correct. To the same movie at the same time. Exactly. So. And so we're, we'd like to talk about it, it and sense. share share with you, our listeners, vagabond exchange listeners. Yes. And we're hoping that you'll take our words of wisdom to heart and make your future cinematic choices based on that. <laughs> based on our opinions. Yes. And usually we do uh, well not usually but a lot of times we see like smaller independent films. It's not always going to be like a big Hollywood blockbuster but But we, I think we see a nice mix of movies. Not yeah. all in one genre not high budget or low budget or Right. It's just whatever yeah. kind of Whatever tickles our fancies. Yeah. Uh, yes, but fancies this week, we actually saw Star Trek. This is true. And I don't know about you, but I've never been a big Star Trek person, like the TV show or mm-hmm. even the movies. I mean, I saw some of the episodes, and I saw like Star Trek and The, the Next Generation. and Je- Next Generation was Jean-Luc Picard, correct? Yeah. That's what I thought. LeVar Burton. Ah, yes, with the banana comb uh, thing over his face, which is always enjoyable. And sent me through a bit of a, uh, I guess, crisis when I was a kid because I always remembered him from reading Rainbow. So it was confusing for me. You know, he was in in Roots, too. He was Kunta Kinte. Yeah, I know that, but I didn't see that until I was like a teenager and my image of LeVar Burton was already shattered by then because I couldn't... I couldn't connect the two, like Reading Rainbow and... What was his name on Next Generation? I just always called him LeVar Burton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I did too. No, and and I didn't... I wasn't really uh, attached to Star Trek growing up, but my mm. mom was a big uh, Jean-Luc Picard man. James Stewart. Patrick Stewart. Right. So... Even before those movies came out? Oh, yeah, absolutely. What else was he in? I have no idea. But your mom knew of him before those... I think she just thought he was attractive. Yeah. So that's all it was. But she watched it religiously. And, if, you know, a few of the old episodes were on, like, Nickelodeon. Right. So my brothers were kind of into that. But there was never really any... I, you know, it wasn't one of those things where I was like, yes, Star Trek. Was Whoopi Goldberg on that? In I Star Trek? she was the next generation. Really? I think so. Huh. That's another thing you need to put on your homework. <laughs> so anyway, but this... This new Star Trek, you know, usually we're used to seeing um, Leonard Nimoy. William Shatner? W- William Shatner. Mm-hmm. And so I wasn't too sure about this new one. I didn't know if, you know, people would embrace this whole new cast. Bunch Very of young. young startups. Yeah. No names. Right. That's right. But I was pleasantly surprised, actually. I thought it was a very good film. As was I. As was I. And I was surprised at how uh, attractive I found James T. Kirk to be. Really? Yeah. I'd seen, you know, you'd see all the press that they do. There wasn't really anything there, but then he won me over, seduced me with his 
And he, he took on a little bit of Shatner, I think. Like, there were a couple of little Shatner-esque moments, those right. mannerisms and the way he would talk. But it, what, he didn't become a caricature of him. Right. And I appreciated that. Same with uh, Zachary Quinto, who yeah. pl- plays Spock. Yeah, yeah. He was very believable with Spock because mm-hmm. it's a very uh, distinct. I mean, you only see Leonard Nimoy doing that. and But I thought he did a really good job. Yes. And then the guy that played uh, McCoy, Carl Urban... Yes. Carl Urban. Now he, I think out of all the characters, he had most of the kind of the catchphrases and stuff from the older, other show. Right. But I thought he really did really well, too. Yeah, it didn't annoy me. <coughs> no. None of the characters annoyed me, and I thought they would. So and Simon nice. Pegg. We both like Simon Pegg. Oh, we Pegg. love Simon Pegg. I don't even think he said anything, but as soon as he came on the screen, I started <laughs> Just laughing. started laughing. Yeah. And Zoe Saldana. Is that how you pronounce her name? I think so. Zoe Saldana? Yeah. Yeah. Ahura. Ahura. She was very attractive. Yes. I think we both had a little eye eye candy during that movie. Right. And special effects. I think we probably need to talk about the special effects because those were pretty phenomenal. They were. Very believable. Yeah, they were. I mean, usually, I mean, I'm looking for that kind of stuff. And I'm not big into science fiction movies, but, I mean, you look at, you know, big budget films, you wonder how good the special effects are going to be in yeah, I thought they were pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. if you had uh, between, are we going to do one in ten or one in five or thumbs up, thumbs down? I didn't think about that. Let's do one in ten. Okay. I'd give it an eight point five. <laughs> <laughs> Is that That's a, a little. It's kind of well. It's cheating because we we have IMDb up right now. I didn't, even, I didn't look at it. Oh, oh, you didn't? The I did, user I'm sorry, rating. I didn't look at it. Well, that's good. That was you, off the top of my head. Right, that's really good. You hit it right on <laughs> the nose. <laughs> All right, is that what the goal is going to be? How close can we get to imdb.com? That could be a goal. Well, yeah, we'll, <laughs> what we do, we'll do is we'll rate them, mm-hmm. and then we'll go on IMDb and see how close we are to that's a very good the idea. rest of the world. What would you have given it? I think I would give it an 8.5 as well. I think if mm-hmm. I were... We probably have to get it like a somebody that's just like deep into Star Trek and see what their opinion of it is. That's true. And I work actually with a bunch of. Well, maybe we could have them email us at vagabondexchange at gmail dot com. Right. Give us your, your opinion of not the show, but Star Trek, not our show, because I don't. <laughs> well, know you can give I'm us not ready for it. You're not ready for that yet. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, if you if you give us any negative opinions, your email will automatically go into a delete file. Just so you know. They're actually going to some kind of telemarketing email chain. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so if you're going to uh, give negative comments, use someone else's email or a fake one. Exactly. Is there anything else you want to talk about with Star Trek? It was directed by J.J. Abrams. and. Uh, Do we care about him? Well, he's done well, a lot of... Well, you care about um, him. It has to be said that William is a movie buff. I am a lover of movies, but I don't, I don't really... But you've seen just as many... I have seen a lot of movies, not as many as you. One because you're significantly older than I am. <laughs> just ki- just kidding. He's he's mere months older than I am. Um, well, yeah, a mere uh, what eighty some odd 80 months some older. Months. Uh, no, but you you are also very interested in in the things behind the scenes. Not just I like actors. I like uh, music things that you sort of see on the front end of a movie, whereas you, I think, are more interested in the backstory. Directors, writers, right? Is that fair? Not more interested, but but equally as intrigued. Yes. Because, well, you you get attached to certain writers, certain 
directors. Like if I see a Scorsese directing a film, I'm pretty sure whatever film it is, I want to see it. You'll so be all even if it's that. like a Care Bears like remake, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go watch it. This How is funny would a Care Bears Martin be Scorsese? The first time Scorsese there's like Scorsese decapitations and mm-hmm. you know gunshot wounds. Braveheart, of course, would be the toughest of everyone, right? Braveheart. Braveheart. Oh, is the that Care a Care Bear? Bear? I'm not. I don't really? know this show that well. Seriously. If Scorsese directed that, I'd be a lot more uh, attached to the Care Bears. I'm not big into. I wasn't big into that cartoon. Did you like that cartoon when you were a kid? You know, I don't remember it much, but I had a Care Bears bicycle. For so obviously, I liked it oh. enough for my parents to buy me a Care Bears bicycle, unless it was just on sale or something, which is probably more logical. Now you have two brothers. Did they have their own, or did they have Care Bears? They no, they weren't Care Bears fans. They were very uh, masculine cartoon lovers. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, GI Joe. There's a movie, actually. Oh, we saw the uh, preview. We did see the preview. It's got Marlon Wayans in it. Yeah, I don't get it. I'm not very interested in it. And who's the chick? There's a chick that plays a G.I. Jane, I guess. I don't know. But I didn't even know it was G.I. Joe until they showed the the title. Because it looks so different than what... What you would expect. I thought G.I. Joe was a soldier. Yeah, These men were wearing, like, robotic, like, like, superhero costumes. I I wasn't at all intrigued by that. No, I wasn't either. It looked kind of uh, pedestrian, stupid. like we've seen it. It's like <laughs> well, stupid, yeah. No, you're right. Pedestrian, but nothing, like um, the, nothing different. It didn't look like you know GI Joe. If right, it had yeah. a GI Joe feel to it, maybe. And maybe that's something we could talk about too whenever we go to movies because we see like these preview, like we saw. Uh, that's true. The new Transformers preview, the, and I was actually interested in that, but I didn't see the first Transformers. I feel like I would need to see that first. You should see the first one. But and I I'm would read, I would watch anything uh, if Shia LaBeouf was in it. Really? Yeah, I mean, he could read the phone book. All right. I will say he is a very, and people, this this is up for debate, mm-hmm. I guess, but I think he's a really good actor. I think he is, too. And I would watch anything that, he, that he's in. Me, like too. Like that first movie he was in. Um, holes, where he dug holes oh, in the ground. Oh, I forgot about that, that one. That was a good movie, actually. He was like 10. Really? No. 14 or 15. 40, yeah. yeah, he's a teenager. But the one... Um, He's looking out like Rear Window. It's like a remake oh, of Rear Oh, uh, Disturbia. Yeah. That was a great movie. I thought that was good. Yes. And I thought he was good in any. I thought Indiana Jones was a weird. I never I didn't saw like the that because I haven't seen any of the Indiana Jones. Which, yeah, go ahead. This and is where the, the age difference. Yes, that's right. But I guarantee you there are people your age that are. Well, I think plenty. I mean, my brothers are, are three and six years younger than me, and they've seen all the Indiana Jones movies. So it's not an age thing. It's just it wasn't interesting to me when I was – it wasn't interesting to me until I got older. And now there's just so many movies to watch. I mean, yeah, you have an extensive list for me to watch. Right. I'll have to add that one, the exactly. first one and the second one. And the third one. And yeah. now the fourth one and the well, fifth one. You know. <laughs> well, they build upon each other, right? That's not one of those movies where you can just pick up. Yeah, well – it's good if you know the character, but it's like taking a character and putting him in different situations. The mo- movies okay. can live separately; they don't have to. So there's not like. It's like what the is old. That called um, when you have to like retain. You don't have to retain anything from a prior movie. Right. It's almost like Spider-Man. You introduce some new villain. I haven't seen Spider-Man either. Any Sorry. of them? No, I watched little pieces of them. Well, it's like Batman. Okay. You don't necessarily. It would help if you read, like, the comic books, which I didn't really read Batman, but, um, 
you don't necessarily have to know the previous Batman films to right. enjoy. And you generally, I think it, for any movie, you as long as you have an understanding of who the villain and the what is the protagonist and the antagonist are, right? You'll be okay. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Somehow we went from Star Trek to Shia, Shia LaBeouf. LaBeouf. That's all right. I think that should be a regular segment. What's Shia LaBeouf doing? Yeah. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Since we're talking about movies and how we like to go to movies and uh, <laughs> such, we're going to talk about the whatnot. Yeah, we have. We we're going to have a little segment on our pet peeves, and so we decided that our first pet peeve segment would be on uh, cell phones in movie theaters. Right. Which I think you are generally disgusted by this more than I am, so I'll let you start. Well, it bothers me a lot. If they want to enact a law for movie theaters where they had a $50 fine for people that used cell phones that texted during a movie, I'd be fine with that. And if I were caught, I'd be fine with paying it because I think it's very rude and it distracts from one's enjoyment of a film. It doesn't seem to bother you as well. It, it does bother me, but again, like like the texting law while driving, I think there needs to be, I think it needs to be broader than just text, mex- text messaging. I, I am not a very pleasant moviegoer when people are rude. First of all, follow the MPBAA guidelines and don't bring your kids to PG-13 or rated R movies. I don't care if they're not going to get it or not. A, well, what do you mean the guidelines? They're not restricted from coming to the movies. Well, but they're guidelines, like I said. PG-13 means don't bring anyone under 13 into this movie theater. I don't think that's what the guidelines are. I, I think, think it it's, is. It's, it's advised that for... For most children, for children under 13. Un- oh, under 13 probably... Probably should not watch this movie. All right, we need okay. to look this up. Because, yes, we do uh, need to. Because And while you're doing that, I will continue with my laundry list of things people should not do at the movie theater. Thing number two is, if you're going to arrive late to a movie, do not inconvenience others to find a seat for yourself. Therefore, if you're going to a movie that you know will be crowded, i.e. opening weekend, make sure to get your hiney there on time. I don't want you to clamor over me. I don't, you don't need to stand at the front of the movie theater and whisper about various seats or talk, better yet, talk at, you know, inside voice. Right. If you're going to get there late, quietly find a seat or scoot up in the front row. I mean, that's the... Well, we live in an age where if a movie just came out, it's going to be on 30 minutes later or an hour later. Right. We're on, movies are on like four screens now when they first open. So what's the point of coming into a movie Like after the movie late? has started. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree with that. And the same with cell phones ringing, talking during movies... Any of that. I, I think there should be fines. Or I think I think it was you that told me that there's some uh, movement or rule where a lot of movie theaters are going to having a remote control or like a push yeah, button. Regal, to I think Regal Cinemas was going to introduce something where you know some audience members would have some kind of control where they could push a button or whatever and say that there's a distraction or something's wrong with the film or something like that. I think that's a good idea. Yeah. But... But I think it's the same. I think having a noisy, disruptive children 
Or, you, know, may, you know, and you know, maybe they're not under 13. Maybe it's a 14-year-old noisy, disruptive child. Don't bring disruptive people to the movie theater, and don't be a disruptive person at the movie theater. Right. See, that that should be of that to me is that's that's the same as text messaging or looking at your phone because I think what you're saying is that you're distracted by the bright light of the screen. Yeah, I'm very easily distracted by other noises. So if I hear someone behind me, you know, murmuring. Yeah, that bothers me during dialogue. I absolutely agree. But this is people murmuring during a film, or people walking in late, or people having kids in there is pretty much an old thing. I mean, it's always happening. It's and it's a distraction and it bothers me. Cell phones. It's kind of, you know, the last 10, 15 years where it's really become a problem. Well, I think it will continue. I mean, I think it's just because people haven't had cell phones since the beginning of time that they haven't been a problem. If there's some obnoxious medium by which people can annoy others, they will do it. I, I agree with that. So I, I don't think it's going to go away. But so that's why I think we just need to put the kibosh on all of it. I think they should have something in theaters where it blocks cell phones. In the actual theater. That's a good idea. I mean, like on planes. If you're if you're a doctor or something, you could be on call. Then you probably shouldn't be in at the movies. Exactly. Because twenty years ago, if you were on call, you wouldn't be at the movies. Right, but I don't think it's doctors, you know, picking up their cell phones causing the distraction. I mean, these are. I don't either. I agree. That's but that's what I'm saying. If you put a block on inside a movie theater where nobody can use their phones then the people that really need to have them probably shouldn't be there anyway. Right. You need to do that on a weekend when you're not on call. And and it doesn't bother me as much when people come in late, as long as they know how to come in late. Right. And, and I mean, you and I have con- come into movies late, and right. we quickly find a seat. We don't stand down at the, you know, in the bottom corner discussing which seats look the best, eating popcorn, looking around. That's a distraction. People are trying to watch the movie. I appreciate the fact that they've paid $76 for that seat and so I'd like to get out of their way and let them watch it I don't think other people have what's bad when they walk in they go like Rudy you in here hey Rudy <laughs> and then there's someone in like the 18th row emphatically waving right. for them to join them yeah yeah, yeah that's true alright now I have these ratings up oh okay here we go a PG-13 rating is a sterner warning by the rating board to parents to determine whether their children under age 13 should view the motion picture as some material might not be suited for them. Exactly. Was that not what I was saying? You were saying that children under 13 should not be allowed. I said based on on that guideline that you should not bring 13-year-olds. The MPBAA is saying this probably isn't a good movie for your under 13-year-old. But that all depends on, I think... (laughs) You can't make faces at me while we're discussing something as serious as... Sorry, I did make a face. But I, I think it depends. You have to determine what kind of child that you have. Not all thirteen-year-olds are the same, right? I, and that's why I'm saying that I think this is a guideline. It's not a law. Like they're not going to lock your child up if you try to take them into a movie. I'm just saying, probably for most thirteen-year-olds, not okay to take them to you know, whatever, Fast and the Furious. That's a bad example. Uh, but I'm, ju- thing, I'm just saying, like... That's why they make a lot of these movies PG-13 instead of R, because they don't need their parents to get in. Right, right. And that's, you know, Fast and Furious, they're going to generate a lot of money from... But I, quite frankly, if I had a 13-year-old, there were some some words and themes in that movie that I wouldn't want my... I think about the people in my life that are 13, like my nephew. I wouldn't want him seeing, you know, breasts or hearing people use the f word over and over again but you know he's family and i'm attached to him but that's we, as if i if i were his parent i probably wouldn't he'd probably have to sneak off to see that movie 
And we discussed that also. I think in PG-13 movies, you can only say the F word one time. Right. So. I, but I think they said it more than that during the Fast, Fast and, and Furious. Furious. I don't know. I'm but sure there's got to be a website around here somewhere where you can look up. It does say that, actually. More than one expletive requires an R rating. But, I mean, not just the F word, you know. Other, there's other expletives that I would prefer that my 13-year-old... See, I wonder how that... Because I could... I, I thought you could say, like, the S word several Over and times. over again. That's, yeah. what I, that's what I'm saying. I wonder if they only mean the F word. Like MF. F as in Frank. Right. Yeah. More than brief nudity will require at least a PG-13 rating, but such nudity in a PG-13 rated motion picture generally will not be sexually oriented. So just, you know, random nudity. Just wagging your boobs around. <laughs> exactly. Not sexually, though. Just, you know, if they're Like out. if you're running. <laughs> <laughs> if you're okay. jogging, it's fine, but if you're, like, you know, seductively dancing around. That's a problem. Well, what about What's-Her-Name that was in um, Obsessed, that movie Obsessed, but she was in um, the fo- Varsity Blues. Oh, Allie Larder? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because, uh, well, she never, I don't think we ever saw Nipple, did we? But she, there were a lot, she was very scantily clad during a lot of that. Right. And so, well, like, you know, was that movie rated R? Yeah, that had to be rated Obsessed was. But I was thinking of Varsity Blues when she had, like, all that uh, whipped cream and stuff on well, it. Well, that was rated R, wasn't it? Was it? Uh, I'm fairly certain that was rated R. I have a hard time believing that was rated R. Well, let's but see. But we're about to find out. How much do I get if I'm right? Uh, it was rated R. <laughs> what was that? Well. I couldn't hear you. <laughs> You were right. <laughs> Actually, the only reason I know that's rated R is because that came out my senior year of high school when it was very uh, cool to go see risque movies. Uh-huh. That was one of them. So. Yeah. And I didn't really understand why James Vanderbeek was such a heartthrob. However, no. Paul Walker was also, also in that movie. Varsity to get Blues? back to The Fast and the Furious. Yes. Uh, he played Lance Harbor, Lance Harbor, for those of you who may have cool forgotten. So anyway, that's um So in uh to wrap up, don't if you're going to take your cell phone into a movie theater, act like you're on an airplane and turn that thing off. Right. Right? If you come to Nashville I to say, see a I movie, say turn it off. That's my vote. Turn it off. I agree, turn it off. And just risk it for an hour and a half, two hours. Right. So don't see long movies. Right. You know, anything over an hour. If you want to see Schindler's minutes. list, just wait for that crap to come out on D V D. Exactly. Yeah. Or any Kevin Costner movie. <laughs> Yo, man, what's up? I like to read um, <clears throat> Playboy magazine, but not for... And the interesting thing about Playboy magazine, they're changing their format. They, it used to be monthly. I think they're going bi-monthly now because uh, they don't kind of have as many subscriptions as they used to, so... It's a really good magazine, and people hear Playboy, and all they think of is mm-hmm. nudie pictures or whatever. I'm curious to see where this is going. But they're very good interviews. They're very good articles. But one of the things they have is a page called, like, Raw Data Facts or something like that, where there's just a bunch of facts about, you know, a lot of different stuff, not just sexual stuff or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, one of, and one I wanted to get your opinion on was this one that I read and it says uh, what would you do that they asked I guess a bunch of men this question what would you do if the woman you are with made more money than you and 61% said congratulate yourself for living in an enlightened age 
34% said use the joint checking account to buy a boat, 3% said scour job websites each morning, and 2% said drink to forget. How do you... How do I feel as a woman yeah. about that? Do you think every man should just be elated that his woman is making more money than him? I don't think anyone... I, I think in general, men or women, no one is elated to hear that anyone is making more money than them. Yeah, but in the past 50 years ago, it was just like... Yeah, you, you know, you'd be like laughed off the street if your wife made more money than you did. Or, or you know, you'd be... It'd be it's or if kind you're of a, a woman or a guy, and I don't think... There was never a question of whether it bothered the the wife or whatever right. that her husband made more. It just it was the way things were, but things are a lot different now. Right. I don't. I I think. I mean, I don't. I wouldn't have a problem being in a relationship where I made more money than my partner. A. B. I think that men want to be a lot better, but a lot. Uh, not better, but a lot more accepting of that than they really are. I think asking some a man, would you would it, would it bother you if your spouse made more money than you did? They can say no, you know that wouldn't be a problem. Right. But when you actually see the paycheck with like the extra zeros, I think it's, I think I, it's just ingrained in us in general. I agree. I think there's some innate protector provider thing that kicks off in a man, and so when he sees that, you know, Absolutely. because when I read this, I, I wanted to be the guy that. It's like, hey, I live in a more enlightened age. Right. But I think it would It'd probably you. bug me a little bit because then I think, you know, what do you need me for? Right, right. And I don't, you know, the whole Mr. Mom thing, I don't know if I'd feel good with staying at home and taking care of the kids and then my wife's making, bringing home the bacon. Right. Um, at the same time, when I thought about I thought about the women that I used to date or some of the women that I used to date and how I used to... A lot of times, I was the person that picked up the check maybe 90% of the time. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking if I were with someone who was actually making a lot more money than me, that wouldn't be entirely bad. Right. If they picked up the check, I wouldn't feel that guilty. She makes more money than me. She right. should pick up the check. But I think that's part of it. Like uh, In sort of looking at gender roles, I think that even when women do make more money than a man, uh, more money than men or more money than the man that they're with, they're still sort of that expectation that the man takes on those roles of protector, provider, so et cetera. So I think it's sort of, I guess in this particular case, I sort of feel bad for the man. Really? Because it's not, it sort of puts them in a predicament. Do you look down on them? No, I don't I Don't look down on them. How would you feel? But I think it would, it would be difficult, I think, to be in a relationship where the woman's making more money than you are. If you were married to a guy and you were making more money than him. Mm-hmm. Let's say twenty five. Let's say forty percent more money than sure. him. What would you expect his role to be? Well, I, I think in general, I kind of come from a place where I appreciate fifty fifty edness, where I don't want to be taken care of necessarily. Wow. <laughs> so I, I don't. I'm probably not the best person to ask this question, but I don't know that my opinion of that would change. Where I would feel obligated to pick up more of the expense just because I was making more money. I would still hope that they Really? Would. Yeah. But well, I, I, I don't, believe in 50-50-ness, but, but if you're making, if it's 60-40, I think you should pick up 60% of the bills. Really? Yeah. So even though both of you are enjoying whatever activity that you're doing. Why should he pay 50% of whatever, you know, take care of well, 50% you're also, of the finances if you're making 60 I guess I'm not thinking about finances. I'm thinking about 
sort of entertainment expenses. Yeah, I mean, I think in general when you're – we're talking about a household situation, like where you're maybe living together or something like that, or you're married. Right. Yeah, I think you should divide expenses based on the amount of income there is. And obviously if you are making more income, more is going to go towards expenses. Well, what about trips? I still think trips should be 50-50. So if, if you're, you're, if you're, you're going to enjoy that filet as much as I am – I disagree. If you're going on a trip and you make, you know, sixty forty, and the trip's a thousand dollars, I think you should pick up six hundred, and he should pick up four. Well, then is he going to only participate in forty percent of the activities that you're going on this trip? No, but that shouldn't matter. I feel like it shouldn't matter. If I think if you're making the majority or making more money, you should. Why that doesn't make sense to me that he should pay still pay fifty percent even though you're making. But I think it's uh, I think it's both ways with women and men. I think if you're going either on way, vacation, either way, yeah, either way, I think whoever's making more money should should contribute more. Right. All right. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I, but, maybe uh, I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't it wouldn't bother me to be in a relationship with someone who made less than me. Well, but I, would I don't think it would bother anybody if they were with someone who made less than them. I would probably try to overcompensate. Well, what, if, what if they made more than you? Try to make them feel feel better. I think it always bothers me when I make less than people. That's just my own insecurity, though. That's good that you can admit that. It would bother me, too. Especially if it's so you, the same okay, field. Okay, then let me ask you this. So you would feel comfortable. If you weren't the, the primary breadwinner in your household, so you would be comfortable... To let your spouse, who I can comfortably say would be a woman, take care of 60% of all of your expenses, leisurely or... Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. I pick up some other, you know, maybe chores or whatever. I do more of those. But I don't see why I should Okay, so then it wouldn't truly be 60-40. Financially, it would be. Okay. Well, then that's, that's a little bit different. All right. So you're you're so it wouldn't really be sixty forty. Financially, it would be sixty forty. Well, it's the same thing when you're talking about stay-at-home moms. I mean, sure, whoever's making the money is contributing a hundred percent to their their livelihood as far as the income goes. But having a nice home and well cared for children, right? Hundred percent is going to the other spouse. So to me, that's a draw. That's not. That's not someone contributing more than another person. So if you and a friend went on a trip mm-hmm. and, you know, <clears throat> you made $60,000 a year and they made $40,000 a year, mm-hmm. you wouldn't feel partially obligated to or feel like you should pay, you know, maybe you take care of something like, you know, tickets to a ball game. You just go ahead and buy the <laughs> tickets to a ball game. No, well, no, I wouldn't, and I wouldn't want my friend to feel that way. That because said friend made more money than I did, that he should take care or she should take care of more of the trip expense. We're both going out there. We're both enjoying it. We both made the decision together to vacation together. Why should just because? I mean, this goes back to people being taxed because they have higher income brackets. Because you've earned more money than I have, you should have to pay for more things, be taxed more. I mean, that's. There's, there's more argument than just, I, I don't necessarily think, I guess I consider that to be maybe a little bit of a penalty. Like, and, and where do you stop that? 
So your friends that you hang out with more, do you, when you when you go out as groups, do you feel like you should contribute more and everybody pays on one bill? Do you feel like you should contribute that much more because your salary is higher? Um, no. But I'm, not, I'm talking about like a couple, two bill. You know, if it's you and another person and you're accustomed to, I don't know. See, I, I think you could get really pulled underwater with this. Maybe. All right. I'll think about that. It's <laughs> more homework. Now, I don't really watch the show uh, John and Kate Plus 8, and it comes on TLC. Mm-hmm. I've seen maybe one or two episodes, but apparently, I guess you, maybe you can give the backstory on this. Absolutely. I'd be happy <laughs> to. And I don't know much backstory on this either. I've watched a few episodes, maybe probably a handful, maybe 10 total. But I have trouble watching it because there's so many children and they're so, they talk a lot and have a lot of needs, as children do. But when you multiply that times eight, it's a little, it makes me like have a lot of anxiety just to watch the show. But anyway, John and Kate um, apparently met, they've been married I think like 13 years or something like that. They met when Kate was 22, I'm sorry, John was 22 and Kate was 24. They were in their early 20s and got pregnant pretty early as well. And their first pregnancy, I believe they did in vitro fertilization. I don't know for sure. I can't answer that. But Kate had twins. And then they tried, they wanted to try again, and she got pregnant for sex, sex, sex tuplets. Sex tuplets? Is that how you say that? Mm-hmm. Um, so now they have eight children. I think the two older ones are like eight or nine, and then the, the set of six are four or five, something like that. Okay. And so now they have a show on TLC called John and Kate Plus Eight. And as part of the show, and one thing that I've been very intrigued by, is that they get paid a lot of money per episode to do this show. Seventy-five. This is up to seventy-five thousand dollars an episode. So how many episodes are in a regular season? Like twenty. Twenty. It says here twenty. So episodes. I don't know the math on that, but it's a lot. Well, three point five million dollars. Three point five million dollars, in addition to getting a lot of freebies. So, like, um, when they kind of plug products on the show, like, there was one that I watched where they it's went to 1. the... 1.5, I'm sorry. 1.5. <laughs> That's close. Wait, Whatever. what's 75 times 2? Yeah, it's 1.5 million. Yeah. So, right. so, anyway, they, um, they get a lot of free vacations, which, you know, includes tickets, lodging. Right. They, they've done a lot of kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for, where, like, you go somewhere to do something specific. Like, where you go to Vail to go skiing. Like vacations where you're, you sort of have a destination, you're going to be doing something there at that destination that's specific right. to that destination. So they get all of their equipment donated, like skis, jackets, for, for eight children and two adults. That's, that's a, a lot of money in itself. Right. In addition to, I think, it, I think I've read something that said that the house that they just moved into was paid for entirely, and it's this huge spread somewhere in Pennsylvania, which is where they're from. Mm. So fast forward to the last few months. Um, There's been a lot in the news about John, who apparently has been stepping out with some ladies, both of the uh, college variety as well as it sounds like this young teacher that he allegedly had an affair with. In addition, Kate and her bodyguard have been, um, there's been rumors that they've had an affair. So for a while, most of the articles I read said that they were, you know, he made some bad choices, but they were working through it. Um, but the most recent article of People, Kate talks about the fact that um, she doesn't really know what happened and that she's not sure if they're going to get through this whole thing. 
Now, the interesting thing is that they still have their contract with TLC for another season. So we may see a lot of this unfold. Right. That could make for a very good Mm -hmm. season. I would even be willing to watch it now just to see what happens. I can't imagine. I mean, we had this conversation a couple weeks ago or Mm -hmm. whatever. I can't imagine. um, It must be the money in the show that gets him. If you were just some guy, you know, working for the sanitation department and you had eight kids, how many women could you could you pull? I guess if you were pretty suave and charismatic. Yeah, I don't don't necessarily think. I mean, this this teacher that he was allegedly with sounds pretty plain Jane. I think he's like a software engineer or something. Like he's got a pretty lucrative career, but nothing like you know he's not like a spy or something very sexy and romantic. Right. But he apparently at this point neither of them have regular daytime jobs. Kate was a nurse right. originally, but they both now devote all of their time to the show, and I think that's what has made you're right. I think that has made them more well, yeah. visible. What what's attractive about a stay at home guy, a dad that has eight kids, um, that he's able to step out? I can more only than I once. can only venture one guess. <laughs> it's not appropriate for the air. You're right. Well. <laughs> So I I don't know. I just find it very interesting. If I'm married and I have, I mean, one kid's bad enough. But Mm -hmm. if you're up to six, seven, or eight kids, I think you just got to figure out a way to work that out. Because I can't imagine how does your life get better once you split up. Well, I don't think think that's the issue here. I mean, I think pretty much the deed's been done. If he's, I mean, if he's truly had an affair with this woman, which her brother says that they have, I believe John has made a public statement saying that they are just friends, but he made some errors in judgment, like leaving her apartment at 3 a.m. and things of that nature. Right. But I think the other thing is that both of them sort of signed up for this when they agreed to cash that one point whatever million dollar check from TLC. Right. That they're sort of putting themselves out there. And I just it doesn't sound like he was as prepared for it as Kate was, and so a lot of this, a lot of the article and people talks about that, and the fact that he's just been very unhappy, and you can sort of see it in the show when they interview the two of them together because he sort of looks dead, right. and she just yammers on, and he looks like he wants to kill himself. <laughs> <laughs> but you think that if they went their separate ways, can you imagine him being? I don't think he'd be a part of the show if they went there. So I think it would be Kate plus eight. But do you think he would be happy? Uh, you think she would keep all the I, kids? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if she'd keep them, but I think that she'd have primary custody. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Well, in in the I I think I don't think he I think he would be happier if he wasn't part of the show because a lot of what I talked about was that he was a very private person, and then at first when they had speak she Kate travels a lot she does speaking engagements she ultimately wants to be a talk show host, so I think that this was probably a little bit more of a gateway to fame and she saw it as that. That's my personal opinion, right. but it sounded like a lot of the, like they were doing a lot of this together, and it just wasn't really his thing. And so he stays at home now with the kids, and she travels. She has has like I think it said something like seventy five speaking engagements a year. So you can imagine how often that keeps her away from away home. from the eight children that she's decided to bear. And she's with the bodyguard the whole time. She's exactly. doing all this traveling. Exactly. So. So that's what, I think that's where that rumor stemmed. And the other thing, and I, I know a lot of people talk about this, is that when you see them together and being interviewed, 
she's not very nice to him. And not that I would ever condone infidelity, but you can see you can see where being in front of the spotlight if he didn't really want that to begin with and her sort of shrewdness in speaking to him every day there's one i think there's one thing i read about where she flips out on him because he didn't use a coupon like flips out on him for not using a coupon and you said she wasn't always like this like no the earlier episodes when the kids were first born she was much sweeter and calmer and she she treats the kids very kindly. She doesn't yell at them all the time. She's not mean to them. It's just him that she... Yeah, she yells at him. Is she demeaning? Yeah, Dema- you know, emasculating. Wow, and, that, okay. Yeah. So there's, I mean, there's a lot There's a lot more than just someone stepping out on his wife, I think, happening here. But the other thing is that both of them signed up for this, and they cash that paycheck every month, so, you know... Right, but... Uh, the, her treating him like this is that a result of them signing up for the show, or do you think that I think that probably would have happened became, anyway. I mean, yeah. she, they have all, all kinds of help. Could you imagine if they didn't have any help? I mean, they were they were worried about financially how they were going to take care of eight children before this happened. Could you imagine if they were just both working full time and didn't have TLC footing the bill for nannies and helpers and vacations and time for them to take off and be with their kids? So either way, he would probably be screwed. I think so. He's I mean, miserable I, one way or the other. So yeah. at least he has money now, and he's miserable. Right. right. So, and their show will probably end up getting replaced by that uh, woman that has what seven thousand kids. <laughs> right. So. Yeah. That's, and I think she she's getting a reality show actually. The mom. Yeah. Which which mom? The, the one that had the octuplets or whatever. Ooh, yeah. I'm not going to be watching that. I feel like uh, I feel like we did. What, how do you think we did? I think I think we did show? wonderfully. Do you? Yeah. Right. How, how do you feel we did? I think we did well. I don't know. I'm worried that uh, I don't want to bore anybody. I don't either. But I don't think we're boring. Well, most I guess people we probably that shouldn't are talk boring about don't highly think that about ourselves. Boring. That's true. Are you saying I'm boring? Probably no. I'm boring and you're excited. I enjoy sitting here and talking to you. I enjoy sitting here and talking to you dining as well. Room. Um, but are other people? That's my fear. That's so true. We're both anxious about that. Yeah. I guess we, as time goes on, we'll figure out what separates us from. Right, and what people find funny. I'm sure people will tell us when we're funny right. and when we're not funny. And we probably shouldn't uh, define this as a, a comedy show. No. Were we going the to? The stylings. No. We, <laughs> we weren't. I'm just trying. I mean, you got to post these things to like iTunes or whatever. Ah. See, you, you should have told me all this beforehand. I'm just yeah, kidding. Right. I'm just kidding. So, like I said, we're going to try to make this into a weekly thing. Yes. So we'll we'll hone it and mold it, it, and maybe in a pretty soon we'll have. What Probably we in what like three weeks it'll be great. Everybody will be listening to it. Yeah. Like approximately three weeks. Right. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, um, I guess. Thank you for spending the last hour of your life that you'll never get back with us. I right. appreciate that. Right. And enjoying our first episode. Mm-hmm. And uh, vagabondexchange at gmail.com. That's right. Send us your, uh, any helpful hints. Absolutely. Comments. Um, Observations. If you absolutely hated the show, don't send anything. Just don't listen again. Right. 
Exactly. Right, but keep in mind that this is our first try, so and we'll try to get. And better. maybe we should have them tell us what they think about the things that we think. Yeah, give us your opinions about uh, the stuff that we talked about, and then um, also if you have any ideas for. That's right. Topics of what annoys you, America? Yeah, what are your pet peeves? We should get a list of like various pet peeves and see if we agree or disagree right. or. And we can break them down, you know, the three to eight year old crowd, right. sixty five and truckers. We'll truckers. put you all into one little we'll put you into various demographic groups. Yeah. Truckers. You know what that when we talk about truckers it makes me think of rest stops. Uh, and rest stops makes me make me think of bathrooms. So that's an upcoming uh, Oh yes, that's another thing we need to talk about. So tell us what you feel about Rest stop bathroom, public right. bathrooms in general. All right? bathroom, like if you had to rank bathrooms, what would you consider to be? And we'll talk about that next time. What yes. do you consider to be like your idea of the nicest, cleanest bathroom? And what is the skankiest? Just <laughs> the bathroom you will not absolutely use. You would not use. Maybe some you know, middles. You know, ladies, if it's if it's a hover situation, but you'll still do it. Maybe you've right. had a couple drinks. Because there's certain restrooms that I mean, guys can pretty much go anywhere because exactly. you don't have you to. The sink. You don't have to squat or anything like that. Right. Right. And yeah, but women, it's a little touchier. That's right. I was actually in a no nightclub once. And there were two guys. And there was a long line of guys trying to go into the bathroom. And at the head of the bathroom, these two guys didn't want to wait. So they were peeing in the sink. Oh. And they were looking at all of us and going, yeah, you don't, you didn't know about this, did you? And I'm thinking, well, I knew about a sink. <laughs> right, exactly. I just didn't know that, you know, urinating it in a sink in a nightclub was an acceptable it's like thing. you didn't know about it as if, like, there was some... Some underground peeing like and sink. You mind gold. Group, right, exactly, that you Discovered just weren't aware of. Yeah. Okay, so. so for next time, let us know. Bathrooms. Right. Potty talk next time. <laughs> and uh, that it? Yeah, we'll, we'll think of some kind of uh, catchy sign-off in the future. So, right. you know, be ready for that. Right. And Oh, and if uh, you have, like, any kind of theme song you if like you wanted to send right. something in we'd play it right yeah absolutely. at least once if we didn't like it we wouldn't play it anymore or we just it would be nice to mix them up if we just got something yeah, but i'm sure we'll like everything that we get sent to us right yes we'll love it <laughs> all right okay well we'll see you guys next week bye bye before leaving make sure you have all of your personal belongings use caution when opening the overhead bins as items may have shifted during the flight we thank you for flying with us today we truly appreciate your business and look forward to serving you on a future flight.